Did you hear that sound? Oh my goodness, what is it saying? Let me pull out my comm translator and see. What does it say? It says, Welcome to Com Talk. Can I please have a taco? Captain, we have a proximity alert with the planet Geekery. We are approaching collision. Quicks, get somebody on the comms. Enter in the security code. Two, five, seven. Security code accepted. Hello, devoted geeks, and welcome to episode 18 of Calm Talk, the podcast extension of Geek Devotions, the YouTube show from a couple of devoted geeks who are devoted to letting you know that you were loved. I'm Celeste, and with me is... Dallas! As you listen to this podcast, please interact with us. Send us your thoughts on what we are saying via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us simply by looking up Geek Devotions. Do us a favor and leave a review on iTunes. And comment and interact with with us on our social medias, and perhaps you can be our devoted geek of the month. Absolutely. So, Celeste, it is King of the Monsters Month for us. Can you please describe to our wonderful, amazing listeners what King of the Monsters Month is? Godzilla all the time, all all day, every day. I don't know why we did that accent. <laughs> it just came out. It just came out. Yes, on Godzilla all the time, all month long. And uh, to help celebrate, we made t-shirts. T-shirts. You go to redbubble.com. That's redbubble.com. That's on the interwebs. Uh, type in Geek Devotions. It pops up with a couple shirts. Uh, they're in a collection on our, 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 I'm sorry, our Geek Devotion page there. Yes. Um called Kaiju Wants a Taco. A Taco. <laughs> Kaiju Wants a Taco. And uh, so they're really cool shirts. They're available for you to purchase. And uh, a couple of people have already bought it. We say thank you to those of you who've already purchased a shirt. You're amazing and you're going to look very stylish once your shirt comes in. Yes, you will. So that being said... Ooh. Side note, you can get things other than t-shirts. Oh, yeah. You can get stickers. Um, there's um, hoodies. There's coffee mugs. Travel mugs. There's pillows. Pillows. Clocks. I really kind of want the pillows for our couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also there's iPhone cases and Galaxy, uh, Samsung Galaxy cases. We have a variety of things that you can put Kaiju Wants a Taco on. Exactly. So check that out. It's adorable. It's a lot of fun. So because it is King of the Monsters Month, Comtalk had to be in this Obviously. Obviously. So we, all month long, have special guests talking about the major reboots and our origins of Godzilla. We have the 1954 Godzilla, which we're talking about today with our friend Mike John Grass from Ohio, transferred to Scotland. Mike! <laughs> we have the 1998 um, one. That came out, took place in uh, New York for the most part. Did you just say 1988? No, 19, 98. 98. 98. I missed And then we had the one that came out in 2014, which I really enjoyed. That's the mouthwash one, right? Yes, that's the mouthwash one. Okay. We'll, you guys will understand that comment here in a few weeks. And then uh, Shin Godzilla, which came out last year. So yes. we're going to be talking about those all month long, and we hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, comment, let us know your guys' thoughts on all the stuff that we are, we're talking about with Godzilla. And let us know your favorite Godzilla films. So that being said, uh, today is an episode where we have a guest. Um, his name is Mike John Grass. Celeste wasn't able to be with me whenever we recorded with Mike uh, because of the time difference. Yes. The only time we could really record with him was in the middle of the day. 
And so Celeste was at work. <laughs> yes. But legitimately, middle of the day for us is what, like late evening for him? Yeah. When I recorded with him, I actually recorded at 10 o'clock in the morning. So for him over in Scotland, it was right at like four o'clock for him. Okay. So early evening. Right. So, but he took some time out of it because he had some stuff he was doing that day. He was had a service that day and he had a guest over actually doing really? some stuff. Yeah. So he was super busy and... um so I really did appreciate him taking time to talk with us. And so, Absolutely. guys, do us a favor. Um, at the end of it, the interview with him, he gives some information on how to contact him and how you can support his ministry if you wanted to do that. But most of all, just interact with him. He loves talking to people and geeking out. And so do us a favor and give him a shout and let him know that you heard about him on ComTalk and all those great things. And if you're listening to this in Scotland, uh, what's going on? We appreciate you guys so much. And uh, if you're friends with Mike... Um, Good on you. If you're not friends with Mike, you should really think about becoming friends with him because he's Italian and he scares me. He's a really fun guy. <laughs> he's awesome. So An Italian in Scotland sounds like a bad 80s movie. <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's get into this amazing conversation about Gojira, Gojira from 1954. So, let's make it happen. Hello, Devoted Geeks. Welcome to Com Talk, show from a um, couple of Devoted Geeks to let people know they're loved. I'm Dallas, and with me we have a very special guest for this week's podcast. It's our friend Mike John Grass. You might remember from a previous episode of Geek Devotions on our YouTube channel, and uh, his link will be in the show notes down below. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then uh, we'll also have show notes down below and a link in the card up above. So that being said, Mike, how you doing, man? Oh, good. Hey, Dallas. Thank you so much for having me on. So good to talk with you. And uh, just got to enjoy being part of uh, both the Geek Devotions and now on ComTalk. So uh, just so excited to be with you today. <laughs> awesome, man. We're excited to have you with us. Now, for those who are listening, who don't know or who are watching even, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do and, and all that good stuff? Sure. My wife and I, we serve in Edinburgh, Scotland. We're in the capital city. Uh, actually talking to you uh, from across the pond, as they say, yeah. today. And so, um, funny enough, it's been uh, actually a few nice sunny days, but it had been quite cold and windy. We had 80 mile an hour continual gusts throughout the day, so just battered by winds and stuff. But we're here, we're serving uh, in Edinburgh, Scotland. We're part of an Assembly of God church that's in uh, Oxgangs, uh, part of the city, uh, kind of an impoverished area. And so God has us there. We work out of the church and do a lot of parachurch ministry. And so God has opened doors for us. We're in the local schools. Uh, he has us doing ministry there. And he just uh, opened a door for us. We're going to be part of uh, the football club, which is soccer. But we're going to be part of a football club. And there's 500 members. Uh, it goes from children up to adults. And we're going to be part of the chaplaincy team. So it's just an amazing opportunity that God has uh, open to us. So we're really excited to, to kick that off and get that going uh, as the season gets on here for them. And um, But we preach, we do worship, um, trying to think of just a whole plethora of things that we do. <laughs> right, very cool. So let me ask you, I mean, what, uh, what, what's your draw to Scotland and doing stuff over there? Uh, actually, God had uh, brought us here. Friends of ours had planted a church in the city. And so we initially came in 2010. And... Uh, just God just uh, has it on our heart. We continue to just, uh, you know, the United Kingdom as a whole um, is just uh, known as, you know, no other way to say it, just a post-Christian uh, culture. 
Uh, right. Some of the greatest moves of God were 60 plus years ago, at least in Scotland here. And so we just truly want to see uh, this city come back and remember its Christian heritage uh, that's here. And so it's just something that um, we just want them to remember that, that God is, is there, that he's real, and that he uh, certainly wants to be part of their lives today. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just amazing. It's an amazing city. Uh, we're extremely, extremely international. Like I said, it's the capital city. So uh, we have people from all over the world uh, that are here. And so we have an opportunity to just touch the world, uh, just even here, just outside our door, uh, from different cultures and different places, right here, uh, right here in Edinburgh. Right, awesome stuff, man. Awesome stuff. I'm excited to hear about what you guys are doing over there. Uh, we're gonna have some stuff at the end. Give time for you to let people know how to get in touch with you and all that good stuff. But uh, let's get into the meat of our conversation today. Uh, as you know, it is King of the Monsters Month for us here at Geek Devotions. And uh, so we're going to be tackling uh, different major Godzilla reboots on, during our podcast each week. And so this week, you and I will be talking about Gojira from 1954. And then uh, actually next week, we're going to have the Matthew Broderick film that was done back in 99 with our friend LJ from Geeks Under Grace podcast. And then the following weeks, we'll have the, the Godzilla from, ninth, or from, from 2014. And then also the one from last year, Shin Godzilla, with our friends from Retro Rewind Podcast. So, a lot of fun there. But that being said, let's talk about Gojiro, 1954. Uh, the thing that started it off. And now, for those yeah. who don't know, um, Mike, you are a big Godzilla kaiju fan, aren't you? I am. And I got to say, I, I'm not that old, so I wasn't there. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see it in the theater or uh, any part of that. But funny enough, when I was about uh, eight years old, there would be on a Saturday afternoon, there would be a channel that would be on. I, it must have been like a PBS or it wasn't a regular network programming that I can recall. But they would show on a Saturday afternoon some different kung fu films. And they would usually show at least once a month, if not every week, but a Godzilla film. And so uh, just as a young boy, you know, I remember seeing the original Godzilla and probably like a lot of people, when that head comes up over that hill and like the villagers are there and they can kind of get their first glimpse of seeing him over the hill. And behind my house at the time, I remember I had a big hill and just remember just being as a child thinking, what if that head come up over the hill? You know? <laughs> I mean what are you going to do? I mean, where are you going to even run? And so, I mean, funny enough, he, he just kind of roars and stuff. It wasn't like he was munching on the people, but um, I think that was just, that gripped me. Um, just the idea of this thing, this massive monster unknown uh, at the time, you know, um, I just think it gripped me uh, just being into the science fiction. And um, so for me, I just remember, I love dinosaurs and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like Jurassic Park was out or anything when I was when I was little. And so just the idea of seeing this unknown, even dinosaur type creature uh, was just so exciting for me. I think it also uh, grabbed grabbed hold of my brothers as well just at that time. So. Um, but, yeah, that, that first one was was quite amazing. Um, I think you had watched it again recently or something. So um, what was your take on it? I mean, 
It's definitely not high tech uh, by today's <laughs> standards by any means. <laughs> no, it's not. But at, at the same time, it, they did so many really cool uh, technical things. And um, and you, you uh, Mike, those who don't know, I gave Mike the special sneak peek of Friday's episode of Geek Devotions, which hopefully if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, you've listened to an episode or you watched the episode already, if you haven't, go to youtube.com forward slash geek devotions. Check it out. Um, but there's a lot of really interesting technical things that go into that that particular one. That that particular scene where he's coming up over that mountaintop and the people are running away. That was actually like they transposed the image and were projecting uh, him on a wall and are projecting certain things in certain areas to make get that look because they didn't have CGI back then. It's not like now where you have like the really nice graphics and you got Godzilla stomping through it and the green screening stuff. It was really a lot of work that went into it. So I have a. But I'm a film nut too, Mike. I mean, like, yeah. I appreciate the the old school work they do to make things happen. So that was really something I appreciated about it. Uh, what are some aspects of the movie that you enjoyed, though? Well, one of the things that I, really stands out, and why um, I know, don't want to jump ahead to the to the newest one, but just even the soundtrack, you mm-hmm. know, that haunting melody that plays through the whole thing, and they touch on it, of course, in the Shin Godzilla. And so that was one thing that it it had its at the time, I mean, you know, growing up, like I said, I was eight years old. I didn't understand or know anything about Japanese culture, but it mm-hmm. really just showed that, you know, it showed this idea of Tokyo, of, of um, just, of course, uh, using the, the miniatures uh, and how big he was and then the amount of destruction that he could cause. You know, I mean, there was no going back from that Godzilla came this way. You didn't have to wonder if he had <laughs> been in this part of town. He had, had left a wake of destruction behind him. And so also with uh, just loving film myself, too, it was so expensive for shots back then that they just couldn't like reshoot. So they really kind of had to get them or just kind of leave them as they were. And so uh, reading some history of that and how heavy that suit was for that actor to be in it. I mean, at one point, the composite material and things, I think they said was close to like 200 pounds. So this guy, I mean, and they said that there was multiple times in that first uh, film where he passed out from just the heat inside of the costume. And, but he was so dedicated to his craft. And so I just think that as filmmakers and as storytellers, they crafted something that to this day is still in our, in our lore. Um, they looked at the idea of the original King Kong, kind of the stop motion. And when I was reading about it, it said they actually wanted to do a stop motion type, but they didn't have... Uh, those that could do that and didn't have the technology then uh, there in Japan. So they went with this idea of this suit, which, you know, even just the the casting of, of how Godzilla came to be as far as what his features looked like, uh, being, you know, kind of a lizard, a dinosaur. And uh, so I just, all of it was just, I guess, because he was bigger than life, just it was just bigger than life uh, to bring this film, you know, to, to the public. Right, absolutely. So, one of the aspects I really enjoy about the Godzilla, um, not this particular Godzilla, but also, like, it's kind of been a running theme through all of them, is the almost the cultural and political commentary that takes place in the film itself. Um, I, I knew quite a, quite a bit already, but um, I don't know if you if you checked out, there's a podcast out there called Kaiju Vision Radio, and um, they are going through all the Godzilla films and talking about the, the history behind it and everything. And so I've listened to them a lot lately, and I'm learning some really interesting things. But um, I pl- appreciate the political commentary that they have going on where they're trying to express this is what's happening in our culture, and this is what's right, and this is what's not right, and this is kind of the effect we left on. Um, I remember one commentary I was reading 
I was talking about even the, the look of Godzilla, the scales were designed actually to mimic the uh, nuclear burns or the, the atomic burns people had from the atomic bombing that took place. And, uh, and so it was very, it's very political trying to show, look, this is society. And um, I feel like some film tries to do it now, but they get sort of like more derogatory than artful with it. Like they did in Godzilla. I feel like Godzilla was, while well, it was very poignant, it was very direct. It was also very just poetic at the same time. I really appreciated that aspect of it. Yeah, and it was, I remember uh, realizing that it was, you know, Godzilla at the time, I not heard many uh, touch on it, but that it kind of actually was a metaphor for America that this, I mean, if you think about it, this big nuclear monster comes and destroys them. <laughs> right. Without, without much warning. And so it kind of was like a, a metaphor. Uh, at the time uh, of this nuclear beast coming from, I believe he always came from the West, hmm. was, uh, I think, some of the thought process behind it. So, yeah, really? it definitely was um, more to it than just, you know, just this, this creature that, right. I, that always was a metaphor or a euphemism, if you will, for, for America or this this giant coming with its nuclear power to destroy us. So, um, but yeah, I think they hit on it and it just touched them. I think it was like a decade or so after um, those initial bombings from the U.S. So mm -hmm. um, one of the things in Japanese culture we just learned as we were there, but, you know, if there's things that are really unpleasant, they just kind of don't talk about them. Mm -hmm. And so really for those filmmakers to bring that, it even is even more so that they even would address that or bring that idea of, of a creature coming to destroy them. So I think it just went into the psyche maybe, um, but it transcended to... You know, uh, Godzilla is still an icon uh, across many, many cultures. And um, but yeah, just just the I mean, even the black and white, like, I don't know that I'd want to see it colorized, you know, right. that original one. I, I think it was even more powerful in, in its original black and white. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so but although I know we were saying, but it actually isn't probably my favorite one of all time. I do have <laughs> I do have a couple others on the list, but oh, yeah. Well, what yeah. was your favorite? Let me know. What, what was your favorite? That was our question of the week for uh, this week's episode of Geek Devotions. What is your favorite okay. Godzilla? I was torn. I kind of like, I like the look of late 60s Godzilla. So I saw on those Saturday afternoons, I would see some different, um, it would be some B ones, if you will. But I just <laughs> remember, I mean, some, and some of the names because of the translating and stuff. So it'd be the same film, but like they would call him Monster Zero, but I remember uh, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. The oh, yeah. Headed, uh, you know, he <laughs> shot lightning out of his mouth. And so, but that, and so I'm torn between that as my favorite one and Mecha Godzilla because mm -hmm. it's like they made a mechanical Godzilla, same size, <laughs> as powerful. And so, like, literally, Godzilla meets himself, meets his match. And so, right. like I said again, just as a boy, just bigger than life, just the idea of. <laughs> That not only Godzilla, because, you know, in the original you have Godzilla. And you have right. all the tanks and all the planes. But now you have other monsters, as big, right. if not bigger. Uh, they start bringing in Rodan and Mothra and some of the others. But I don't know, that, that Mecha Godzilla was just beyond cool. And so then they started to bring, at least in the late 60s Godzillas, a lot of different um, space things. So it would either be, they'd be in space or it would be spacemen coming down and... and uh, rocket ships and stuff so just like i said for me just like in science fiction it was just you know it was just pushing all the right buttons mm -hmm. and uh 
but yeah, I just still there's something with the with the Ghidorah, three-headed uh, monster with lightning. <laughs> I mean, he could fly and he shot. It wasn't just even; it was lightning out of his mouth. So right, um, how could Godzilla defeat this foe? But he always seemed to find a way. <laughs> Absolutely, I remember there was one that I saw that um, years years ago was um, I think it was Godzilla Mothra, but it was a, it was a, it wasn't like the first time they met, but they're like these little fairies on a planet yeah. or on the island or something like that. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> they would sing their little song. They would sing their little song and guess call call Mothra and um, even that they made them miniature for yeah. as as gigantic as uh, everything else was. But absolutely. Um, so with that though, with the the variations, what is it that you see that was in the first Godzilla movie that we feel like are staples that have carried over to those other ones that you love and, and enjoy so much? Yeah, I think just um, it almost like I guess in the late '60s it seemed almost like Godzilla went from being the destroyer of Tokyo to almost kind of being its defender. Like, mm-hmm. but it was also like you didn't know if it had that dynamic where it, any other monster just within his vicinity it was just the enemy and he had to kill it. Um, right. So I don't know, but I just think that the the scope and the size, and then of course when they brought in like uh, Ghidorah or Rodan, they always were massive destruction as well. So I don't know. <laughs> it makes you wonder if you was a little kid just seeing buildings, you know, that's fallen over, he would be crushing stuff. If, I don't know. I don't know. Right. It was, yeah, <laughs> just kind of funny. <laughs> that's awesome. I did hear a commentary once about the. Um, the uh, what was his name? I think it's Sarazaya, whatever it was the guy that created that uh, created the the weapon in the first Godzilla movie that killed him, the uh, oxygen killer. Uh, that he became a trope after that. That they repeated in several Godzillas later down the road, and also even um, in other films that they were used a, a character much like him that had an eye patch and everything. And so oh, you've seen. Know, I don't remember that, but yeah. So you see a lot more Godzilla films than I have. Have you? the element of having somebody that has the ultimate weapon to destroy him and the responsibility that he, because if you remember in the film, he had this like intense responsibility of like, I've created this thing that could be so destructive, which of course was kind of a commentary for the atomic age. And the fact that there was this responsibility on the creators of what they should do with what they have. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that repeated in other ones that um, down the road? Not so much. I, I remember the, I mean, the idea that they, that they kill him. Right. Bring, bring it to an end and of course then looking to make sequels and whatnot um but i do think it was kind of a theme i think it was one of those what it was bigger than like mankind like what mm-hmm. can we do there's there's a foe that all of our conventional weapons are unable to destroy right uh, and what can we do so they have no other choice but to come up with some super weapon uh, right. something that had not been seen before so even bring into the newest one um, that to me nodded so much to the original with looking to bring an end to Godzilla and of course the, the newest one leaves you in suspense is that truly the end right uh, we're, in, we're in the first one they kind of leave no doubt <laughs> you know that that was uh, pretty much it I don't know if I want to necessarily give the spoiler if no one's uh, seen it yet but right um, but yeah so I think that that was the the thing that they all had to kind of come together and so how do we stop this indestructible you know they 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 can't no missiles are penetrating his skin and then mm-hmm. he has the surprise of nuclear breath uh that seems to take him <laughs> all by surprise so right um, but i did want to comment you had uh had uh, sent me that uh, earlier episode of geek devotions and so mm-hmm. i did have a thought as you were talking about the perspective yeah and that made you think about that the way they did the way they had to film it so that the perspective was different but um 
just what came to my mind as I was watching it was that how Satan, you know, our enemy, uh, tries to give us a different perspective. And he tries to have uh, God look small to us. You mm -hmm. know, he's not good enough. He's not big enough. Yeah. And so as he makes, tries to make God look small and weak, he tries to amplify or make our problems huge. And so what I was thinking of was it made me think of the story of uh, Joshua and Caleb, how, you know, the Israelites were going to spy out the land. God was looking to give them the land of Canaan. And so as they went, the 12 spies went and 10 of them saw themselves as grasshoppers uh, compared to these giants. Yet Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says that they saw the giants as grasshoppers compared to God. And it really was a matter of their perspective. And so it just made me think of that when you were saying that, that, you know, that we have these, this idea of, of perspective is it really is, is our lens, but we can have that paradigm shift if we begin to look through God's eyes. Uh, and as you were saying about the mountain, you know, look to, to who's God of the mountain. Um, yeah, it just made me think about that, that God is, is so big and so awesome, but that, you know, compared to, to the devil tries to make those problems look so big and gives us such a hard time even trying to make it through tomorrow. But if we began to just look to God and, you know, how much bigger it, that he is, those things will seem like grasshoppers compared to uh, the almighty God that, that we serve. So that was the thought I had on that. I do appreciate the As you were saying that, that's what I was thinking of. That is a matter of perspective. And then even as you were saying that, you know, even seeing it from someone else's point of view, um, it made me think I saw a, a couple of photos from uh, a drone and we had gone and visited, uh, we have some friends here, and so we took them to Sterling Castle. And so they had some pictures of Sterling Castle from drones that were flying up over. And you know, in the 13, 1400s when that was built, that was a perspective they never ever could have seen. The technology wasn't there. They never would have seen uh, their castle and things from, from that perspective. And so it's the same even with drones that can go even higher. You know, they can give you a different vantage point or a different perspective. And that's, you know, I think we just sometimes need to look through God's perspective. You know, how does he view this or what does he think about some of the things and not making small anything we're going through. But again, looking at how powerful or how big or how strong he is that he can take us through. And um, it just is that matter of perspective. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's great. So I like I like the front end of it because I was going at kind of the thing of like we're looking at our, our things being bigger than us but really the enemy does try to make us look at the lord as smaller than he really is i feel like we, i think that's when we find ourselves in a real trap is like you know is god really big enough to handle our stuff or not mm -hmm. so that's great man <laughs> so, i may have to get you to do our thought of a devoted geek for this week <laughs> very cool very cool well mike do you have any more thoughts or commentary on the original godzilla movie or anything else you want to share I did. I did. You know, growing up, I was a Christian growing up. I grew up in church. I'm so thankful that my mom took us to church and stuff. And so I never had the idea of that watching Godzilla or any of those monster films that, you know, they're stronger than God or anything. Right. Um, but I, I used to have, and it was, I hate that I sold it. I sold it <laughs> when I was a little kid. But I had an original, if you've ever looked it up, I don't know if you've even ever seen one. It was original Shogun Godzilla. Uh -huh. It was prob probably 19, 20 inches tall. It had a fist that would shoot, and it had this little lever on the back of its head, and this tongue of fire would come out to signify uh, his breath. you got to look one up if you've never seen one. 
Okay. I want so bad to find one on eBay. <laughs> I want to have this this toy again. Uh, have my live my childhood over again. But I regret that I had had sold it. But anyways, <laughs> but when I uh, was watching even the new Shin Godzilla as he uh, is expressing his atomic breath for the first time, and even in the original, it made me always think of the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah. You know, in the in the book of Acts, it says that the Holy Spirit appeared as tongues of fire, and it was this. And it began to go on each of them, and then they began to speak in other tongues. And right. I always remember that. It had this little <laughs> lever, uh, and this tongue of fire would come out. And so to me, the atomic breath was kind of can be like a connotation of the Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> That's so, cool, man. And, too, that you know he was just this big, big force you know, that's bigger than man. And right. so, like I said, it's like, you know, God's bigger than man. And... You know, I don't know in the in the loose translation, you know, with the Godzilla and stuff. Um, <laughs> certainly don't mean any um, disrespect to God Almighty. But right. I just remember, like I said, it was like, you know, even as a little kid, eight years old, I was like, God's still bigger than Godzilla, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> all that stuff. So, But no, I, I just still, you know, when, when um, I don't know if I was telling you or had sent you an email, but I just, uh, being in Japan, I did come across the hotel that yeah. has the Godzilla head uh, that is supposed to be to scale. Right. So according to the new Shin Godzilla, how tall he would have been uh, overlooking this hotel. Just amazed, you know, <laughs> just amazed, just still, even though I'm older, my imagination of if he was behind this building and he was alive, um, you know, would you even just want to run or would you just, just right? be amazed at, <laughs> at the massiveness of it? So, Did you actually stay at that hotel by chance? No, did not stay at the hotel, but oh. I, I didn't even get to go in. But there's a room that you can get that his fist is breaking through the wall. So <laughs> if you look at the pictures, you can look it up. There's the bed, and there's his hand breaking through the hotel, like in the room. Right. So uh, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they have some really cool stuff. And uh, funny enough, that was really surprising to me was we went through different parts of Tokyo, and there was not too much Godzilla Godzilla stuff readily available. It, just really wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it would be everywhere. I thought there'd be full-size suits you could get, but there really right. wasn't too much, at least in the parts we were in. Right. Uh, it's so that kind of surprised me. Yeah. So, but I thought, but if he's like the destroyer of, of Tokyo, maybe they didn't really <laughs> want, want him around. But I was able to pick up uh, the 1968. Uh, <coughs> I think it was about a seven-inch uh, figure. And so I was able to get one for myself and my daughter. My daughter also passed it on, but she just absolutely loves Godzilla. And, uh, <laughs> she has actually more, she has some different action figures. And she actually has, we have no idea where she got it, but she has this like probably 12 inch Mecha Godzilla. No she way. Remember, yeah, and it wasn't mine. That It was mine. <laughs> I, but so I have no idea where she got it. And I don't even know what store ever even would have sold it. So, right. Um, that is cool. Maybe she found it at a yard sale or something, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I just like I said, that I hear that they're making a few more. Of course, at the end of King Kong, they uh, really hint that they're going to have a King Kong versus uh, Godzilla and stuff. So I'm just still glad that they're still making them. And I think that Toho still kind of guards it uh, closely. Oh, absolutely. You know, but they're also, you know what else is funny? I don't know if you ever watched the animated series, but I always, always enjoyed that. Yeah. You know, I always enjoyed. It. I think that was on when I was about a teenager. Except that the people on the boat would could kind of call them up when they would get in trouble at a moment's right. notice. So I don't know if I ever liked that part of it. That he kind of was, you know, just there to help them. Right. You know. 
I remember I there was really a couple. There was there was that one that you were talking about when that came out when you were younger. But then there was one that came out whenever I was a kid. That was more based off of the nineteen ninety eight version. So I I can't remember what it was all about though. It's gonna drive me nuts. Now. I got to find an episode or something like that. Okay, watch yeah, it again. I was gonna say I'm not too familiar with that one. I know that they um they're bringing out. I think it's either this year or beginning of next year. They're looking to bring out another animated one. So. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope they do. I hope they do it upright. So, uh, but yeah, I just think that, like I said, I mean, I wasn't alive then, but I can just <laughs> only imagine in 1954, 1955, seeing something like that in the theater. Right. Um, I mean, that had to have been. That was had to have been cutting, uh, you know, cutting edge technology to even. Oh, absolutely! It's like yeah. like this is like to them. It's like it's the J.J. Abrams movies. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just I mean to even come up with the, this idea uh, of bigger than life of just right. like I said, um, it's so funny. Even where I am here, I live and there's this beautiful hill behind our house. And again, every now and again, I'm like, man, I just that would be so cool to see him pop up over the over the hill. So that image is forever burned into your head. <laughs> yeah. That's I awesome. Enjoyed your, uh, I enjoyed your uh, stuff that he was just hungry for a taco. So. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, how many tacos do you think it would take to fill him up? Oh, so? but just one really big burrito from Taco Bueno. That's all it takes. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. For those listening, we do have T-shirts based off of that episode for sale on Redbubble. If you go to redbubble.com, search for Geek Devotions, you'll pull up our design we have. It's a cute little baby-looking kaiju, and um, it's it's asking for a taco. You can get it in English and in Japanese, um, so take your pick. And you can also get it on a mug. You get it on, uh, for young ladies, you get it on a dress, and a couple of really cool options that, that are available for you there on redbubble.com. Again, just search for Geek Devotions. We pop up. So uh, it was one of those things where I made on a whim, and... Uh, and we had fun, so I hope you guys enjoy that shirt. <laughs> oh, nice. So, would a would a taco keep you from rampaging through a city, Mike? Hmm, that is a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It would have to be a really good taco, maybe right? Like ta- more of a taco supreme. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe they need the sour cream and maybe the tomatoes. That's awesome. Probably, like you said, a burrito. A burrito probably go bit further but right so next time you next time you come stateside man i want to take you to taco bueno and um sweet. We're, we're getting one down the street from from my house and i'm super excited about it uh they had this thing called the bob big old burrito and uh and it's just a it's a big burrito man it's huge and it's full of oh. meat and cheese and oh it's so good so next time you're you're stateside we'll, we'll go <laughs> i would love that you know they they are talking about uh bringing a taco bell to Glasgow. So Glasgow's about an hour away from us. Oh, wow. And yeah, there's been talk of bringing a Taco Bell. So it'd be the first one that I know of, the first one in Scotland. Um, so we're even excited about that. So <laughs> the idea of a taco uh, it would probably keep us from rampaging for sure because we don't have the access to one. I mean, we just have the ones you can make at home, but it's right. not the same. I understand, man. I understand. But I'll take you up on that. Taco Bueno. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Mike, uh, where can people find you? And if they want to uh, step in and, and help support your ministry, uh, how can they do all that? Yeah, we have a website. Our ministry is called Message of Hope. So you could find us on Facebook, Message of Hope. You could link if you want to find me on Facebook as well. Mike Jongrass, I'm on Facebook. Link to my page. Uh, we're on Twitter, Message of Hope. There we are on Twitter. And I do some blogging. Um, 
I'll have to send you that. I don't know if I have uh, have ever given you that address as well, but yeah. I read some of my thoughts and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, that is just um, love to hear from you. Our email, you could always email me. Uh, email is just messageofhopeproject at yahoo.com and you could contact us, send us your thoughts, send us if you like the first Godzilla, if you hated the first Godzilla, as uh, Dallas would say as well, just get some comments. We'd love to just hear your thoughts. Um, but yeah, you just find a way, contact us, and uh, we have a way if you do want to uh, give online from our page, from our webpage, uh, from Twitter, there's links to all, all of that stuff that you can uh, find a way to do that. Very cool. Now, I didn't want to say this because just quick side story for people listening. Um, if they look for your Facebook page, they may have some difficulty because they may not expect to see what they were wanting to expect. Uh, for those of you listening, I, I do the media at my church, and at the time we're putting together a wall that showed all of our missionaries that we, we help. And my pastor's like, hey, uh, we got this one, Mike John Grass, Message of Hope. I need you to get some graphics. And, and I was like, well, I need a picture of the guy. He's like, well, just go on his Facebook. So I go searching for a Mike John Grass. And there's, there's several out there. But I can't figure out which one is you. And then <laughs> I find out which one is you through a, some way. But your your uh, profile picture is quite interesting, Mike. <laughs> Could you describe your profile picture on Facebook to our listening audience? Yeah, it's uh, the 1964 <laughs> Godzilla vs. Uh, Ghidorah three-headed monster. Uh, that's my profile picture. Um, yeah, that sums that sums it all up. That's awesome. <laughs> so it makes me happy on the inside every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, I actually because have gotten some nicer pictures, and I always think of that, and I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna leave that. I think I'm just gonna leave that picture. So it sums it up. If you if you know me, it makes perfect sense. There you go. There you go. Sweet. Well, Mike, thanks so much for being part of this uh, this episode of Com Talk. And again, for those of you listening, check him out and uh, and follow all the stuff. Uh, Celeste, I'm gonna be back on the backside of this interview to wrap up the show. So, love you guys. And Mike, say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for listening, and continue to just keep listening to Geek Devotions to Com Talk. And uh, it's good stuff. You got to hear what the rest of the Godzilla stories are. And of course, at the end of it all. Maybe someone will give a sum up of what is the best one uh, by by default from everyone's comments. We'll know which one was the best one. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet, man. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>